that I don't want to give any money back into education. Like yeah. obviously, like, education is the most important thing. But um, in terms of like my own personal growth, I don't want to invest any more money into um, into like traditional kind of like. Faham? Yeah. Yeah. Got it. So I, 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 you know, I feel like as someone who has been institutionalized for quite a while now. Yeah. I, Not mentally. We're talking about yeah, education. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, with the experience, I would say. With and I, I think I think a lot of people actually ask, um, people who are younger than me who also want to like study fine art or yeah. whatever in you know all these universities, um, and and I will say like, with if you know you're gonna do something art related, there's absolutely no rush. You know, like it's not really? the same as like you pursuing like a degree in chemical engineering or whatever. You don't have to, um, study it as soon as you graduate high school or whatever because. Um, your oh God! I wish I heard this when I was younger. That I wish I heard it when I was younger. That's why I'm I'm saying it now. I think it's really important to understand that when you enter a creative institution, um, what you you you'll benefit the most when you are mature enough to learn from your peers to you know be as productive in this exchange because exchange in knowledge is two ways. You know, you I I felt like I couldn't give as much as. My peers gave me. Yeah, and that obviously like really the, is that really? yes, I, because I think wow, um, that's such a Libra libertarian trait, like to balance the scales in that way. No, you? because you know you're also there to network. In, in institutions, yes, hundred percent. Because a lot of these um people you, a lot of your studio mates, a lot of the people you study, or uh, whatever creative uh you know degrees you do, they will probably be like people that you surround yourself with after um you. Graduate. After you graduate, and when you get into the industry or whatever, these are people that you will see a lot, and you want to be as um, cordial with them, I suppose. Yeah, yeah you want to be, you want to, you want to come across, and you want to be as you know, um, able to give value as you are, you know, taking value from them. You know, you want to, you want to teach as much as you can learn. Um, so I think my advice to myself, or like anyone who wants to like do anything creative, and I think a lot of my my close friends who are also artists will agree is that like if you are thinking about pursuing art education there's really no rush like gain like really like there there's only so much you can learn inside the art, art inside art universities there's you can learn as all you want but if you don't go out there and like into the real world the like real, Indiana Jones yeah into the real world where not everyone can afford art education like you'll see that there's just as much to learn if not more yeah um the only benefit I see right now, you know, is of, of being in an art institution, or art university, is that you get contacts, um, you know, you get, you know, you you, you surround yourself in an environment to get criticism. But you know, here I am, with you, with Saha, yeah, with Alia, with Yasmin, who are just as creative, but we're not in art university, you know, anymore anyway. Hey bitch. Hey bitch. You're now listening to Hey Bitch with Yasmin Arisa and Pravin Nair. Stream today on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. See you on the show. Hey bitch. Welcome back to another episode Saturday episode. Sorry of Another episode of Hey Bitch, I guess. Jesus, that was an opening. Anyway, welcome back to part two of Art and Its Convergences in the World with Jordan Chan. He is not with me today, but since we recorded an hour and a half long episode, it's going to be two-parter. Parter, parter, parter. Feeling a little neurotic today. Updates, I'm still sick. We have an amazing guest coming on next week. Uh, that episode is two hours long, so it's going to be another two-parter with one hour each for the next two weeks. Does that make sense mathematically? I don't know. Stay tuned. Um, What else? In this episode, we talk about, with Jordan, we're talking about the the necessities of institution institutionalized art in the terms of education and also you know the upholding of like the standards of art and what's necessary in it um still what we like what we want to talk about like just big brain ideas essentially and then the need for community um 
I'm really excited. I just wish more people would um, tune in to the podcast with Jordan because I feel like this is one of my more more of the bigger episodes because we're we're delving into more of a philosophical um, thought process. And um, yeah, I just want to say thank you for everybody who listened to the podcast and is still continuing to do so. Uh, heart, heart, heart. Um, I guess just share it around. <coughs> Excuse me. Enjoy it. Ask some questions. Recommend who you want us to bring on on our Instagram at Hey BTCH Pod. And um, ooh, before um, before I start on the episode, I'm gonna include a little clip from the movie Patterson, um, uh, that we talked about last week, uh, right at the end of the episode. It's uh, it's a little poem, and it's a girl reading it to Adam Driver's character in the movie. It's called Rain. Sorry, it's called Waterfalls. Uh, I, th- I thought it's a really beautiful poem and it's moved me so much. And that's what I want to do. I just want to share stuff that moves me. And I hope it does the same for you. Um, have a really good Saturday. And um, yeah, enjoy the podcast. Excuse me. Are you okay here all alone? I'm fine. I'm just waiting for my mom and my sister. She's upstairs in that building over there. Do you mind if I sit down till your mom comes down? Sure. Yeah? Yeah. Are you a bus driver? Yeah. Do you ever drive one of those accordion buses? (laughs) Articulated. Articulated. Accordion. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just drive the regular ones. Did you ever drive a fire truck? No, just uh, buses and cars. And uh, drove a big truck a few times, but uh, that's it. Are you uh, interested in poetry? Uh, Actually, I am kind of. Really? Yeah. I write poetry. I keep it all in this notebook. Secret notebook. Oh, you're a poet? Yeah. That's great. Would you like to hear one? Sure, sure. It doesn't really rhyme, though. That's okay. I kind of like them better when they don't. Yeah, me too. This one's called Waterfalls. Two words, though. That. Waterfalls. Okay. Okay. Waterfalls. Waterfalls from the bright air. It falls like hair. Falling across a young girl's shoulders. Waterfalls. Making pools in the asphalt. Dirty mirrors with clouds and buildings inside. It falls on the roof of my house. It falls on my mother and on my hair. Most people call it rain. That's a beautiful poem. You really liked it. Yeah, I really do. I think it's beautiful. (laughs) Waterfalls. Thank you. Doesn't rhyme exactly. No, but the first two lines do. In a nice way. And some nice little internal rhymes, too, I think. Internal rhymes. Oh, my mom's done. That's my sister. We're twins. It was nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Nice to meet a, nice to meet a real poet. <laughs> I do, yeah. She's one of my favorites. Awesome. Bus driver that likes Emily Dickinson. like hair falling across a young girl's shoulders hey so um thanks for listening to that audio 
clip from Patterson, by the way. I'd just like to thank um, the people that made the movie, um, Jim, Jar Jim Jarmusch, um, and, uh, Adam Driver for acting in it, and the little girl who was, you know, narrating the poem. I thought it was beautiful. Um, credits to Amazon Studios. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Go watch the movie and, and um, enjoy the podcast. Bye. Tell me more about the movies that you love, the films that you love, the music that you love, the art that you love. Okay. I just want to hear everything that you love about right now. I just yeah. want to sit in quiet and listen and ask you questions. Okay. Um, I have been going through Amina Kane's uh, writing. Um, I mean, she has like three or four books. Um, I recently finished reading Indelicacy. Mm -hmm. um, and I think Amina Kane is one of my like favorite writers recently because... Uh, it's very slow. Uh, it's very boring, but in the best way possible. Okay. Because it, she really takes. She's really patient. Yeah. She takes her time to like, um. Really focus on like the small things in life. Okay. Um, and there's so much. Uh, there's such a strong element of like interiority in her work where it's, um. Very expansive on her inner thoughts. Yeah. Like um. She also is really good at like meta discourse, like writing about writing. Um writing about writing. Yeah, like things she's read, you know, um, but not in a very book review manner. It's very relational. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean I suppose like, the vernacular of the works are very much um uh accessible. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's not you don't really like like what does this book that she's read mean in her life? Yeah. Other than why it's good, why it's bad. Perspective. Yeah. So I've been loving the simplicity of Amina Kane's work. Um, been reading a lot of uh Dan Fox as well. I think he was like ex editor of like Freeze. I think he has a very, very um F R E I Z. Yeah. Oh, cool. Very, very uh light humor, mm -hmm. you know, in this in this uh writing about art. Is he's uh I love the way he observes and, and, and interprets uh art and history and culture cultural uh sorry um cultural phenomenons and politics and all that kind of jazz. It's he's very very good, very candid. Um, I think what's the last what's the last film that I watched recently though? I mean I I recently watched Oppenheimer. Okay. Um, I saw you listening to the soundtrack. Yeah. Are you a soundtrack person? I am a soundtrack person. I I thought you were yeah. so fucking real yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm fucking god. You know, did you just thought like did you just see like my, my face as I said it? It was like almost a bit of a guilt. And I was like, yeah. Don't feel guilty. Yeah. You know, I have this thing, right? So I don't know when I started this, but I I don't think I was trying to be different. Yeah. yeah. I I think I've known for a very at a very young age that I loved movies. Yeah. And everything accompanying said movies. So yeah. actors. And then I decided one day, I think in my teens, to pick it apart yeah. and start listening to the music, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That built emotion around it yeah. because it's also like part of the storytelling music. Mm -hmm. And at this point in my life, I was like heavily involved in playing music as well. Okay, okay. And then I think it first started with, are you familiar with Stephanie Meyer's The Host, the movie? No. And the book. And so Serge Ronan was in it with oh, yeah. Max Irons. Okay. And... I think the part of the focus of that movie is the guitar that accompanies yes. a lot of the soundtrack, yeah. the songs in the soundtrack, uh, and how a single string can tell so much of stories, mm -hmm. but also create like expansiveness. Yeah, and I found that so beautiful. And then I watched Beautiful Creatures, which yeah. is another YA okay. um, novel movie, and the music my god like it was so beautiful i'll play it for you after mm. this uh and then i like started indulging in like many many like different soundtracks and then uh i started like listening to it like everywhere and then yeah. sadik was like oh my god you fucking bitch yeah, like yeah, you know yeah. i'm like uh into soundtracks now and then like he listens to soundtracks more than i do right now yeah, and, yeah. And, and like in this point of life i'm listening to more like uh indie music yeah, yeah. and then i recently tapped back into soundtracks mm. again because I rewatched Bones and All by Luca Guadagnino. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he has this thing where he likes to use very wide open spaces yeah. to tell stories, right? Mm. Um, in Suspiria, it was very closed. Yeah, and, very claustrophobic. Yes. 
and in calling by your name it was open yeah. but you could also feel like there's a lot of eyes watching you because that's yeah. essentially what the story is trying to tell but in bones and all the fo- sole focus of the story was just two people yeah and it was so beautiful how he uses expansiveness to yeah. that and then trent reznor if i'm not mistaken that's yeah. the the artist that was doing it with somebody else as well just uses like three or four different notes on a yeah. guitar and i'm gonna like reattempt to play it again nice because it's like I, so i play by ear yeah because uh, i don't know how to read music yeah. anymore on the, on the guitar so yeah. i'm just playing by ear sorry i sound like such a fucking nerd talking to you no 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 I think it is nerdy, like, but I love it. I'm all for it. The only reason why I think it's nerdy is because my dad does it as well. And when I first, like, like, like when I, when he was driving me, I was like, like when you were younger. Was, yeah, it was so like, um, I don't know. This is really nerdy, and I, and, but I'm all for it because, like you said, you know, you you heard me listening to, um, the recent Oppenheimer soundtrack, and I was was just, it Hans Zimmer? No, actually, it was Ludwig Garnson, who I sounds really familiar. He might have composed. Some other things that we've seen um yeah i think it's um like i remember once i was uh i had a friend over who was crashing in my place and i was doing some work and i was listening to dune dune soundtrack i love the fucking soundtrack and then he was like just doing his work and he's like is that dune i was like yeah yeah it's like nice and i was just like yeah we're just like in our living room and it's like so like so tense because of the music but we had deadlines to fulfill and yeah it's like gotta get shit done <laughs> um so it's it's a mood it's 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 nice yeah. Anyway, back to movies you're watching. Yeah. I'm sorry for interrupting you. I just had to talk about soundtracks. Yeah. Movies I want to watch. I recently watched The Bear. I binged that hard. Everybody loves it. I yeah. just need to find like the capacity to watch it. He, yeah. Uh, very, very good. So healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, the communication in that film mm-hmm. is really like... Wait, ed- it's a TV series, right? It's a TV series. Um, There is... I think it's very educational because it uh is there's a, the, the the communication between the people the characters the main yeah. the protagonists and and it's really healthy yeah um, and it's it's really refreshing because like they're they're promoting you know healthy behavior rather than just like avoided yeah exactly and like, like yeah and there's a lot of like um you see all these like toxic masculine Kind of um characters being kind of grounded and yeah. changing for the better, and there's a lot of nuances to like family dynamics, uh, trauma, but the characters in it deal with it in in in, in I would say a you know relatively healthy way um for Hollywood standards I yeah. suppose um so yeah I took a lot from that it was really good I binged it like within like two nights mm-hmm. um and then like one and two yeah. Shit. I, okay. I, I did not like leave my computer for a long time. Okay. Real. Real. Really good. Um yeah. So that's that's what's been on my mind. I can't really like think of any it's okay. interesting films. I I wanna ask actually, how do you log your film? Like as in like how do you know what you've watched before, etc. etc. I don't actually. Damn. Yeah, I don't. I just kind of like watch what's available. Faha. Um as someone who used to, uh, who used to make a lot of like video based works, yeah. I, 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 oh wait, actually, I had this Instagram account where I just posted stills that I liked from uh, movies I watched, but I don't actually remember the um. Holy fuck! I don't remember the login, fuck. but it was it was between me and my 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 friend. Um, that's how do you get stills? I just Google. Um, so like, oh, actually, World of Tomorrow. Have you seen this film? No. It's uh, animation. Um, can't remember the uh, director or the artist behind it. It's 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 very. There's a very playful innocence, but it deals with like yeah, that's just hard. It deals with I a lot of like um dark like existential undertones about uh-huh. life. Um, let me see. I I I must. I, my guilty pleasure is watching anything related to like chefs. Oh, okay. I think you'll yeah. find it really interesting when you come on Friday because I have a friend who is a chef. Yeah. And uh, I look forward to like introducing my Thank friends. You. To I'm friends. Yeah. Um, I think some of the recent movies that I've watched. Oh my God. Did you grow up watching Indiana Jones? I did. Yeah. I loved Indiana Jones. I didn't watch the recent one. The I, I did. Hanged, apparently. I liked it. Really? Okay. It was like such a great callback to like the Temple of Doom. Yeah. Um, the Last Crusade. Yeah. 
uh, I think Kingdom of the Crystal Skull as well because they talked so much about like the Nazis. Yeah. And like when like he walked like there was a scene in the movie and then they did the the salute. Yeah. I jumped in my seat because I was like, holy shit, like what the fuck is wrong? Yeah. Where do people do this? I, I get it, it's a movie, but yeah. I, I try to avoid as as many movies as I can that's uh that comes out of like intellectual properties of like franchises and stuff like that, only because I think that they fill up too big of a gap in the in you know in the cinema and in, in film industries. Could you explain a little bit further about yeah, that? Yeah, like um I, I personally like I mean the film industry now, I feel I think I think I, I can confidently say like a lot of people will feel this way as well. It's 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 dominated by uh you know, blockbusters and stuff like Fair. that based on IPs, you know, like things that have already been franchised, a lot of um uh basically basically money making. Yeah, like rehashing, you know, pre existing stuff rather than like promoting original material. I've heard recently talk to me the horror film is actually yeah, really, really I really original. want to watch it. Um so yeah, like I don't I don't watch as many like movies as you think I do actually. Um but I try to um uh just like give more attention to non-franchised kind of like Fair. Are you a movie? Movie? It's like really expensive. It's expensive for you? Yeah. That's so fair. Um I think if you wait till like um like towards the end of the year yeah. November, they should have like an entire year subscription. I paid 200 ringgit for it. And the thing about movie, yeah. not me sounding like I'm trying to plug in like an ad. It's not really. Yeah, what's your discount code? Yeah, movie, if you're listening and I've already reached out via bitch email. Price. Yeah. Hey, bitch, 20%. Like, give me a sponsorship. I love you guys. Anyway, um, you can get like an entire year su- subscription. And also my partner was telling me recently that like movie offers um you like a pass to go to cinema once a week for free and go watch movies. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, that's so fucking cool. Cause he was like, hey, Pearl's screening in Berlin right now. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I had to wait till it came out on BOD. Oh my god. So I could like, you know, stream it. And like you're watching shit for free because yeah. you have independent cinemas supported by movie. And you can go in and watch these movies. Yeah. Like talk to me was playing last week. He went to like Pearl was playing a couple months ago. I find it very like I I can't wait for um Malaysia, at least I think like on a bigger scale I want to launch my own independent cinema concept store coffee store restaurant yeah. little library yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want everything to be in a single hub yep. basically yeah. but I I think that's like like I, a like a very dynamic space yes yeah. exactly I like that yeah need more of that I was gonna ask you if you know any places but we'll get to that no later. we can we can talk about it right now okay but I really want to cover um. I think one of the biggest questions I want to go over right now, and I know it's like very much deep into the episode, is like, um, what did you study? And did you also maybe know that like like where did your interest towards art come from? Like I think that's a very yeah. big question. I I so for my for my um I think both my both my my times uh in academia or like creative academia or whatever yeah. you want to call it has been like my my focus has been around exchange uh has been around uh language oh. um friendships relationships etc um so for my b my degree i my ba i did my dissertation on the evolution of language in malaysia are you fucking serious yeah so i would love to read that it's is it public it's not but I can send it to you for sure. Please. Uh it's very academic, but um it was about just kind of derogatory terms and the origins and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Oh, that would be so good though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll probably like write it differently now. But uh for my masters, I wrote about nomadism, which I spoke to Saha about. Yeah. Um so engaging in like post-structuralist theory, uh multiplicities, relationalities, um rhizomatic thinking. Um, rhizomatic, yeah, like an onion, like a ginger. Oh, yeah. So like, elaborate. Building new relationships out of nowhere, and like using that as like a facilitated facilitator of for knowledge production, knowledge knowledge exchange. So a lot of those kind of like, uh, you know, creative theories have rooted my, uh, creative practice. So like in terms of both my individual practice and as you know with. Nurin with yeah um Unamed. Unamed, yeah a lot of 
the ideas I pitch to them to myself are related to art that has a lot of exchange in it. A lot of um but isn't that what art should be? Exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. So creating a space where people can be silly, uh and exchange wild ideas, you know, just really let go of the ego and be like, what about this? What about that? Um there's that kind of like lightness that I always strive for when you know creating art. Um a kind of like balance between seriosity and non-seriosity. Um, which is I think Unamet's personality. Um, yeah. Um, can we just um uh just to rehash it once more? What exactly do you do? Like like the names of your degree? Yeah. So I or MA. Yeah. I did my so I did a BA in fine art. Okay. And then I did my MA in writing. Okay. Um, are you looking to pursue your PhD? No. <laughs> no. 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 No, okay, no, no, that's so fair. Unless it gives me, unless unless um, there's like kind of like a reason for it. Yeah. I, uh, for example, like if I need to do it for a particular job. Yeah. It fair, pays me fair, money, fair, then I'll do it. But if not, like I will It almost seems moot and pointless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not giving any more money to like education. I used to say that about my um, my doing my MA basically, and then I just been, I've just been filled with this like. I don't know, this interest, this keenness to suddenly just learn about yeah. art. I don't do creative writing really. Like, I just want to have an MA in creative writing because I think it's, like, really necessary. Like, as, like to, I think it's very egotistical to think, like, if you know if you know something and if you think you're good at it, then you don't need to, like, own, hone your craft in it. Yeah. But I want to go back just because I feel like there's so much, like, capacity to learn. Yeah. And how do you feel about that, like... Having graduated with an MA yeah. in writing and also like with a degree in fine art, do you still feel like you have the capacity to learn in institutions, specifically institutions? Yeah. Because I know that within community, and I'm going to introduce you to this really yeah. good song, which I'm going to play after the yeah. podcast um, and recommend it as well. But because um, within community, like there's so much to learn, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Because like it's so multifaceted, but within educational structures do you still feel like you have the capacity yeah. to learn from them so just before i continue like i i didn't mean that i don't want to give any money back into education like yeah. obviously like, education is the most important thing but um in terms of like my own personal growth i don't want to invest any more money into um into like traditional kind of like faham yeah yeah got it so i i, I you know i feel like as someone who has been institutionalized for quite a while now. Yeah. I, Not mentally, we're talking about yeah, education. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um with the experience, I would say with and I, I think I think a lot of people actually ask, um, people who are younger than me who also wanna like study fine art or yeah. whatever in you know all these universities. Um and, and I will say like with if you know you're gonna do something art related, there's absolutely no rush. You know, like it's not really? the same as like you pursuing like a degree in chemical engineering or whatever. You don't have to, um, study it as soon as you graduate high school, or whatever. Because, um, your oh God, I wish I heard this when I was younger. That I wish I heard it when I was younger. That's why I'm I'm saying it now. I think it's really important to understand that when you enter a creative institution, um what you, you you'll benefit the most when you are mature enough to learn from your peers to you know be as productive in this exchange because exchange in knowledge is two ways you know you i i felt like i couldn't give as much as my peers gave me yeah and that obviously like really is that really? yes i because i think oh wow, um, that's such a libra libertarian trait like to balance the scales in that way no you. because you know you're also there to network in institutions yes 100 percent. because a lot of these um people you a lot of your studio mates a lot of the people you study or uh, whatever creative uh you know degrees you do they will probably be like people that you surround yourself with after um you graduate these, after you graduate and when you get into the industry or whatever these are people that you will see a lot and you want to be as um cordial with them i suppose yeah, yeah you want to be you want to you want to come across and you want to be as you know um able to give value as you are you know taking value from yeah. them you know you want to you want to teach as much as you can learn um so i think my advice to myself or like anyone who wants to like 
do anything creative. And I think a lot of my my close friends who are also artists will agree is that like if you are thinking about pursuing art education, there's really no rush. Like gain, like really, like there's there's only so much you can learn inside the art our inside art universities. There's you can learn as all you want, but if you don't go out there and like into the real world, into like real, Indiana Jones. Yeah, into the real world where not everyone can afford art education. Like you'll see that there's just as much to learn, if not more. Yeah. Um the only benefit I see right now, you know, is of, of being in an art institution or art university is that you get contacts. Um you know, you get, you know, you 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 surround yourself in an environment to get criticism. But you know, here I am with you, with Saha, yeah, with Alia, with Yasmin, who are just as creative, but we're not in our university, you know, anymore anyway. Yeah. And and this little yeah. space haven that and we've made for you us. don't have you, you don't need art in universities or art education to learn. Like go visit libraries. Go visit you know, Alia loves bringing me to the library. Yeah. There's so many things. Like have a conversation with someone who knows something, you know, and, and you'll Sorry, that sounds so stupid. I mean, no. like it's like obviously, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, in the context of this, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Go to libraries, like go, go visit like um your favorite bookstores. There's so little bookstores in Malaysia, like independent bookstores. We used to have Tindabudi, and Tindabudi kind of like went defunct because the owner. Actually, we didn't get to talking about that. But um, if you'd really like to visit a uh independent bookstore, you should try Lit Books in Tropicana. Mm. That's kind of cool. I think it's nearby your place as well, right? But no. I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But like, yeah. When and when you can, obviously. Yeah. yeah. There's absolutely no rush into getting into art education. Like I wish I had known that because I would have been a more mature practitioner, more mature of a student when I, you know, than I yeah yeah would have been. So, yeah, that's my my stance on like, uh, anything related to like education. I've had a lot of philosophical thinking as to, um, how do I say this? Why I want to write. Yeah. And I don't know if you've asked yourself that, but I like to explain where I'm coming from so mm. as to give you more so uh, a means to understanding what I'm asking you yeah. and how you can explain it. Yeah. So why I want to write is rooted in one way or the other selfishness right i think at the end of the, at the the day like to put your story out there is to want to people to relate to you in mm-hmm. one way or the other yeah, yeah. no matter how many how hard you try to hide behind this like um uh anonymity like elena ferrante for example that's not her real name that's a pen name yep. and nobody knows what she looks like um they're basically the banksy of the literary world yep. i would consider that uh, really prolific in their work as well. Like my brilliant friend is so widely acclaimed and has been made into a TV series twice. Ooh, twice once. Yeah. And uh, I think the Lang Life of Adults has been yeah. made into a TV series as well. And that's the second one. But I want to write because I want people to like, like emotion is like an itch to me. Yeah. Where I want people to scratch that itch through reading and like basically like feeling the vibrations like come off the page yeah, and yeah. into their like body and yeah, yeah. their soul yeah that's very important to me i agree uh that's why i create in what ways that i can like yeah. uh visually um um i have not tried artistic mediums um traditional artistic mediums but i've done um writing literary stuff anyway why do you want to create work why do you pursue art um I think I create. I, I personally like, uh, write, make films, whatever, as means of like understanding the world myself. Yeah. Like there's a lot of things I don't understand about the world, and you know, uh, like I like we said, you know, life is about learning, right? And yeah. Yeah. For me, writing about whatever I'm writing about is you know, is really reflective. Is it's a way for me to process, uh, my experience and. I would love to share some of those experiences with my close friends. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm writing for them. Now I'm writing for them. I used to, you know, think that, you know, my writing should appeal to everyone, but I think I'm I'm slowly trying to be more specific towards who I'm talking to. You know, it's always, you know, when they when you talk about writing, it's like yeah. consider your audience, yada, yada, yada. And I think it's true. Um, but your audience can be as small as like your best friend. 
the mom. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but do you think that maybe because you narrow down the audience pool a little bit, you're negating the other people? It is a question. I don't think there's any truth to yeah. that. You know what I mean? That, that, that's it, right? That's, um, I feel like it's, it, it would be wrong to assume that whoever you're writing for is the only person that feels that way in the world. Yeah. You just, you, I think it's more of a mental thing where you're like, trying to see this demographic of people who feel a certain way and trying to cater to them and their differences within this uh, small group. Whereas sometimes they don't have, you know, they're not that different at all, especially when you're engaging in a particular theme. Yeah. So it's more so like you write for a particular person who you feel connected to or who you want to share a story with. And then there's like 50, 100, you know, thousands of other people who feel the same way. And then, you know, um, that's when you're like more honest to your work, you know, you're, um, that's something that I'm trying to like figure out myself as well. And um, I hope that will show in my, yeah, coming works. Okay. To, um, to move on from what you've just said, I think for the longest time I used to try to write to appeal to many people. Yeah. Um, like really, I feel like, like, because if like, I, I have this fear where if I don't write something relatable, a lot of people might not mm. accept it well. Yeah. But also because like we're so inherently entrenched in the digital age yeah. where everything is like, you know, um I wouldn't only use the word transactional, but more like uh indicative to like likes and clicks. That's very important to who you are as a creator, especially yeah. in a digital space. Yeah. That said, I've actually began writing for myself. And do you think that there is selfishness tied to that? Um, yeah. Okay. First of all, I like, I totally understand like, um, you know, writing for everyone and stuff like that and the fear of not being relatable. Right. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, I, and I'm, and I'm saying this with like the most kind of like positive, uh, mindset. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're not that special. Baha, you know what I mean? Baha. Like we're very relatable. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's hard because sometimes, you know, everything is so overstimulating, you know, digital age, yada, 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 you know, not feeling like you're special, yada, yada. It's hard feeling like you stand out, but we don't have to stand out. Like, we're very relatable people. It's just writing is also a means of connecting us to these people who we, who are, you know, uh, like us. Yeah. Who, if we hadn't met them, we'll feel alone. Yeah. Right? And yeah, I spoke to you and somehow before this as well, where I'm like, yeah, I mean, being more specific with, you know, who I associate myself with because I want to feel relatable. So, yeah, I think it's, it's like, maybe it's intrusive thoughts. Maybe it's like a mental barrier that we have to get over. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think certainly for me, um, try to like loosen up the pressure of like appealing to everyone. Uh-huh. Um, right for one person and then you realize that's a lot of people as well. Got to. Yeah. I think I've learned so much from you today and like terms of that, like, because like, like you, sometimes what you need to do is talk to people to I like, totally agree. broaden your yeah, perspective I totally and agree. like really understand that like really life is not about the self Yeah, and like, you know, it's about community and yeah. humanity and like the sense of self is inherently tied to the humanity yeah. around us and the community around us. Yeah. Which is why it's so important for me to connect. Like I've always like, you know, or like, and the things I, I'm not, I'm nice to everybody, but I'm not friends with everybody. This is introverts getting to, to know introverts, you know? That's but not what happens. That, that's the thing, though. I'm yeah. not introverted. Oh, like, really? Yeah, I'm not at all. What are you? I'm INFJ. I'm very extro- extroverted. I, like, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I, I have, a, like, a lot, like, immense social anxiety, like, in social settings where I just cannot function. I feel you, yeah. But I still am able to hold conversations and, like, you know, like I walk into a room and I light up, light it up. Like a lot of people have said that. Yeah. Like it's my birthday today. That's what a lot. Happy of people, birthday! Thank you. Sorry to make it about myself, but that's what a lot of people yeah. are saying today. Like you know, you light up a room, you light up a room, and I'm like, yeah, that's very, very inherently tied to myself as a Leo. Yeah. But my need for balance and like you know this need for love and yeah. like it's very much rooted in the fact that I have so many Libra placements in my chart. Okay. And I want to talk to you about also astrology. Yeah. And the other last topic that I really want to talk to you about is also like your past video projects yep. and what you're doing for your future. Because I think we've been talking for two hours. Okay. I yeah. And like, I, I don't want to take too much of your time either. Yeah. But like, 
talking to you is like a vacuum. I forget everything. No, I no, I I love talking. So yeah. Um. Um. As astrology. Yeah, yeah. Like let's uh let's talk about that. Like um. Do you feel like you understand yourself a little bit more with astrology? Mm. We can really touch and go on this. Yeah, I think I try not to, uh, restrict myself to whatever astrology says about me. Yeah. Um, and I try not to like uh predetermine someone else's. Yeah. Personality yeah. before I actually get to meet them. Fair. But it's really fun. I think it's really fun to, uh, shit talk. You know, because uh, sometimes it's good to be brutal with each other. You know, but yeah. yeah, like you narcissistic kind. Like, sorry, oops, <laughs> I no, come way okay. too easily. Just yeah, but it's like it's nice, you know. It's like yeah, but in the best way possible. In the best way possible, like talk about yourself. Yeah, talk about. I, I love hearing because I sure as hell don't want to be the one who's like up, like holding down the conversation. You know, like I would rather just have someone talk about themselves and I just like engage in the conversation. And listening. Yeah, I love listening. Um, wow, how Aquarian of you and what really of the other. Like, is your Mars an Aqu- Aquarius? I only know my victory, sun rising, and moon. I would love to yeah. be your chart for you. Um. So I try not. Yeah. So I. I um. I always think I know what people are, but I I've never like hit hit the ones unless they're like very obviously a Leo. Yeah. That's like the easiest. I don't know if you can tell. Like I didn't know you were a Leo. Because yeah. you weren't like that when I was with Sahar did. So really? Yeah, I don't think you were. So I, I didn't about limited interactions. So. Yeah. But some fair. people like I think like, I yeah, I, I, I don't really get along with other Leos as well. Yeah. I think like it's not to say like I can like suck up the entire energy in the room. Yeah. But being around other Leos, like they're so self-absorbed sometimes. Yeah. It's like, please lean into your other placements and understand that you are more than just your sun sign. Yeah, 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 yeah. And just the sun, like you know, you're not the center. Let's let's move. Let's move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I I agree. Um, life is a passage. It's a voyage. Like let's go. Yeah, I think I I love uh, but I I love the people who are Leos in my life though because I'm, I I think I I. That was like one of my favorite memories is when it was like lockdown, but then um I had some close friends over um within like you know standard SOP if that's not yeah. matters. No, it um, does not matter. It's fine. Yeah, like, so, I was meeting my yeah. friend. I was meeting Sadif and like my best friend other best friends at the bus stop yeah. across the house. Like because they couldn't even come into the apartment complex I was living yeah. in. And yeah, anyway, continue. So we were just in the room and there was like eight of us, and then we were like like doing personality tests and then we found out that half of us literally half of us were INFJs and then the other half of us was ENFPs or whatever yeah and I'm pretty sure this is a very common dynamic because apparently those two attract each other oh and apparently the INFJs stay where they are and the ENFPs look for the INFJs naturally oh my god so like you naturally just kind of like it's like this like it's like a magnet yeah it's like a magnet because INFJs apparently love listening to people talk about themselves and ENFPs love talking about things Wow. So I I love the Leos in my life because I'm just kind of like absorbing, there. yeah, absorbing, contributing, yeah. So, but definitely, like, it's it's I I don't try to like, um, view life in that very particular kind of like narrow list. Yeah, it's okay. just fun to be like absolutely. But also, like, I feel like a lot of people like tend to like view astrology really funnily. Like, oh my god, it's like spiritual new age bullshit. First of all spirituality is not new age yeah, yeah. it's old as fuck age like let's be for real yeah. it's a paganistic practice we've been doing it since like homo sapien time Before like science. let's be fucking for real right yeah. now like it pisses me off because like i'm spiritual and yeah. people like don't take it seriously yeah. but because they don't understand that if you really i love digging into the roots yeah and if you dig into your roots that's where spirituality lies and a lot of people cannot go back into themselves because like you know everything around them is like so damaged and they're inherently damaged by everything around them and they cannot look at things with enlightenment right yeah anyway pushing that aside i recently learned that um, astrology is just basically human senses (laughs) and like you know just like pattern behavior marking Mm. And just understanding how people function. Yeah. That's it. That's really it. That's yeah. really there's nothing more to it. It's yeah. just that's it. That's it's really also it. fun. It's also fucking fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so fucking fun. Do you read tarot? I've done my I've I've, I've had my um I don't give readings, but yeah. I've had mine read before. I think it was like two years ago or maybe a year ago. Um, but I love it. 
Faham? Yeah, I, 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 I don't trust myself to like give readings. I actually no. I, I think I would. I think I would trust myself like to give readings. It would be interesting. Yeah, like I have yeah. a, I have a deck. We can totally just go through it. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, like while yeah. I'm doing stuff after. But this. I'm also really scared because what if it's like. You'll be heartbroken for like 10 years. Take meaning where you find it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like really like, okay, so the way I'll explain it to you later. Yeah. I'm not going to get into it right now. But for me, the more and more I practice card reading, the more and more accurate it is. Interesting. And the yeah. more and more accurate it has become. Like it's literally just told me like, stick on your path. Exactly. Just do, do your shit. Yeah. What if you're like, approve everything from it. What if you're like super accurate and you do my reading and you're like, um, you're going to be depressed for like the next 10 years. That's really not how you read it though. That's not reads in all seriousness. That's not how you read okay, it. Okay. Okay. Like if you approach things negative, Sadik always tells me, right? If you put out negativity, that's what, to, that's exactly what you're going to get back. True. So I ne- even through negativity, look at it the other way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the coin is two sides. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I've been so caught up in this like negative mindset like for so long in my life that I recently had this epiphany where I've let my life go before me. Like, and like, you know, because like I've let so many things go because I'm always like looking for the future mm. and regretful about the past that yeah. I've never been in the center. Yeah. And I think as I come in center as in now? Yeah. Okay. Present, grounded. Yeah. And I come into myself and I understand that like with this many Libra placements, for example. I think my biggest struggle is always to find balance because the Libra is the scales. Mm. And to have the scales in balance, yeah. you really have to be grounded. And if in, in your grounded self, yeah. you will find limitless yeah. abundance in everything that you're looking for. And I feel like a lot of people need to hear that. I love well, that yeah. yeah. Not me sounding like a Sifu. Anyway, let's talk about your past video projects. If you'd like to talk about it, like yeah. um, you contributed... Um, a CNY video that I still have saved to my iCloud That's drive. That's very sweet, yeah. Um, no, it's it's so special to me. Okay. It's really, really special to me. Like, your video making. I, I would love to know why it's special to you. It's so human. Okay. The way Francis Ha is so human yeah. to me. You take all these, like, different elements of, yeah. like, modernism in yeah. terms of technology, and you take, like, like the, the humanity that comes around like community yeah. and you translate it into a video project yeah. and that to me is like a short film right yeah. because like who's to say like yeah a, a video is not a short film yeah. and like it, I'm not saying that stories have to have a beginning and an end mm-hmm. they don't but the way you tell stories and the way I've done reviews for even yeah. revered local filmmakers mm-hmm. I feel like you are able to do that with such precision yeah. as opposed to somebody who's done a film that has left things open-ended. And yeah. that's very, like, uh, I think it bogs me down because I cannot, like, even in ambiguity, the way yeah. you left that CNY video, yeah. that was a conclusion for me. Yeah. Whereas other people, not so. Yeah. I try to, um, well, hearing specificity from you, yeah. like, you know, in relation, like, about my work and visually also like yeah. your visual language is very important to me i think um that was me see my my cny video from mulazine was one of the most uh my, one of my most stripped back attempts of you know caps uh encapsulating something that's uh, uh um what was for a lot of other people a lot more shitty over time i think i wanted to be as light as I could with the video project. Um I, I you know hearing you talk hearing you describe my the the CNY video as specific is, is nice to hear because that's a lot of like it's supposed I, I I try to be as kind of like light in the kind of aesthetics and the kind of narrative as possible. But I personally think that there were a lot of like specific nuances mm. uh, in terms of like the actual method mm. in which the film was made. Uh, you know, blurred lens, but in a very like practical way. Um, I felt like a- Upside down shots. Yeah, it was like a lot of, my, yeah, observing. Yeah. Uh, um, just, yeah, like upside down, blurry is a lot of how a lot of us felt during that particular period in time. So yeah. I, I hope those elements of the video came through. Yeah, which is why it's very special to me because Thanks. I felt so alone and yeah. like I felt like a part of the group. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
I had a lot to say during that particular moment in time, but I wanted to um give a lot of space as well for the the video to like breathe, to speak for itself as well. So it was trying to say whatever I could with as little as possible because that was what was happening, you know? Yeah. We were limited in terms of space, equipment and stuff like that. So that was the I the, that was the kind of like practical that was so much precision and engineer like yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you speak. speak and then speak, uh, speak, speak, speak. and then I made um like many years ago, I think it was like almost like four or five years ago, I made Sweet Like Bandung, which is... um I've never seen it. I'll show you later. Yeah, um, but tell me tell me in the audience more. About it was about, uh, you know, the most important lessons I've learned in life but, uh, at that point. You know, what was important to me um, because I was still in university. So I was wondering, I was, you know, thinking about what, what I wanted to become, uh, you know, in university, after university, what 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 really matters to me, and um, there were a lot of like, I engaged a lot with like memory, um, nostalgia mm. and home. Um, retrospectively, I don't really like the idea that I did and I engaged with like nostalgia. I don't think I, I I would have done it if I were to do it again. I wouldn't have done it the same way, but it did engage with nostalgia. I was. It was in my in my personal my own personal kind of like critique. I think it was a little bit romanticized, um, which I don't really like. Yeah, which I don't really like. Um, but I still, uh, am very proud of like the way I created the visual imagery. Yeah, yeah. In the film, because they were all, um, raw. Yeah. Yeah. Very raw. Um, so. Yeah, so I, I, everything that was color was painted. Everything that was, uh, you know, visceral was, you know, made at home. So, oh, yeah. Um, so like that, it was a labor of love, basically. Yeah, it was like I had this idea in my mind of what my feelings looked like, and I was like, how can I make that with as little and as honest of a material as possible? Uh-huh. Uh, especially when everyone around me in my class in my studio was engaging in like, you know. All these like hyper technical productions of like, yeah, means of production. Yeah. So, um, that was sweet like bandung. So yeah, those two projects I think are 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 quite special to me. I'm so yeah. happy that you took your time to share about this. And yeah, thank you so much for your time. Before yeah. we go, I want to talk about your upcoming projects. Yeah. And yeah. If you're keen to tell the audience members in vague detail, uh, when I when I start studying fine art i told you i i engage, i was working a lot with video based works and fast forward like a couple years later i'm like doing performance art with nurin yeah and would and, you like to talk about Unamed? yeah i would love to talk and about like Unamed. clarify that it's not unnamed but Unamed. yeah yeah please uh it's, go. It, it's i'm gonna be honest it started off as when i'm oh, sorry unnamed collective um and embarrassingly you know as someone who studies writing as someone who is you know self-proclaimed the writer like we spelled unnamed wrong okay um but we had a couple of exhibitions as a group of artists. We were a name collective and we, we 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 kind of like labeled ourselves as a Southeast Asian artist collective. Okay. But that has changed drastically over time. Um number one, we uh you know as a group of artists coming together, we wanted to be legitimate. Yeah. We wanted to be ironically our first exhibition was called illegitimate. Um Oh. Maybe there was some kind of like self, uh, sorry, imposter syndrome going on there. Yeah. But uh, we wanted to be as, uh, you know, official as possible. So we had collective in the name. We, you know, made, uh, we, we, we took very serious approach to like um, projects, right? But after a while, we, we looked around ourselves and we're like, it's really exhausting and it's really, it's not fun. And art is supposed to be fun. So when there was a kind of shift in the identity of, uh, you know, us, when we realized that we spelled a name a name wrong, wrong. and we were like when did you guys realize it and who realized it so Yasmin Aminanda who's the Indonesian performance artist yeah. realized it I mean we all kind of realized it but we were like let's just ignore it right yeah but yes like we realized that our true selves our artist selves and what we put out were not aligned aligned like it's not the same but like we put out serious work but we were ourselves not, not serious fair so, but it was supposed it was not fun it's so, great self-criticism yeah we wanted to be we wanted to have our personality come through as a collective a bit more 
uh, have our works be more fun. So one day, Jasmine was just like, work with Namet. I was like, I fucking love that. And I thought that, that was yeah. that, that shift, you know, from unnamed as well was because we couldn't find a name for our collective. Yeah. And we 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 were like, we need a name. Like we're That's an artist. Yeah. I mean, like it it I suppose like it went from meta to actually having meaning. Exactly. Yeah. So there was this shift when we changed from unnamed to unamed of seriosity to non-seriosity. Yeah. Which really encapsulates what we are, right? And we also got rid of collective because the there it's very um it was bounded by yeah, structure. It was very ex exclusive. But the whole point of us gathering was to provide a platform for us to um exchange ideas, give constructive criticism outside of the university. And I keep talking about this because it is so important to be able to surround ourselves with people that can push us and challenge us and give us new ideas that's not in institutions, right? So that was the idea. So no more unnamed, no more collective, and now it's been met. And we obviously we are we we care about art. Yeah. But we also understand that it's supposed to not be it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. It, it's supposed to be engaging with stupid ideas and that stupid ideas can generate new meaning, meaning, uh meaningful uh experiences, etc. So um over the last two years we've been doing a lot of interactive kind of like uh, performances, workshops, um, workshops even. So yeah, like just like not workshops per. Yes, actually, it's it's super uh ambiguous in the sense that depending on how the audience encounters it, you know, it can be seen as an installation. Um, but uh, we're preparing for the next kind of like Unamed exhibition. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we'll be able to feature more not only performances but like uh two-dimensional, three-dimensional, four-dimensional work by a lot of our artists because like a lot of us like engage in different mediums like Henri, Vicky, Nurin, Yasmin are performing artists but they're also sculpt they also engage in like 3D making. Ali is one of the best painters in KL, up and coming, super talented. I write, I make videos. So there's a lot of like there's different facets to art. Yes. That's yeah. interacting. Yeah. But cohesion. All super chaotic, super fun, which I think um, I'm really happy with you know we've we've really grown as a as a group of artists who not just only understand each other but like support each other and stuff like that. Um, I think, yeah, that's 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 uh hopefully we can get something going in both London and KL. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I'm so excited for you and Unamed. Um, and I also want to say thank you so much for coming on to Hey Bitch and thank you to the listeners for listening to this two-parter episode. Um, Would you like to say anything before you leave? No, honestly, thank you for inviting me. I was a bit nervous at first to come on because I'm like, who am I? No. Like, but then, you know, you've made it a very comfortable space and I hope you invite many more people like me. Fingers crossed. Like, yeah. Yes. It's such yeah. a nice platform as well. Oh my God, thank yeah. you so much. And I just want to say that like before you go and like even to the general public, like I've never viewed myself as uh, a purveyor of the arts in any kind. And I feel like the more and more I talk to individuals like yourself yeah. and those engaged in like many facets of art, um, I feel like I'm not only validating them, but validating myself yeah. as a creator at the end of the you day. You gotta be a little bit selfish one. Because like, like if you don't, like a little bit of like, narcissism is good because yeah but over the world anything yeah but also at take the same, up space yeah taking up space and also believing in yourself yeah. and like accepting that like people actually value your opinion yeah. Yeah, about yeah. things even though like there's not a piece of paper to say like like you know yeah. you graduate from da 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 with da 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 you know yeah exactly anyway thank you so yes. much for being on so bye bitch bye bitch oh my god Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the episode. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, uh, I guess since it's a Saturday and it's a cleaning day and it's going to go up in a couple of minutes. Uh, and hopefully I don't have to get on support with Spotify again just to make sure like the the episode is out. I have a tendency to over micromanage everything. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm going to listen to the episode. Um uh, while cleaning, it's a cleaning day, and I have lots of stuff to do. Lots of exciting personal stuff coming out. I guess just follow me on my socials. Hee <laughs> hee.
hey. <laughs> anyway, I just want to thank, I just want to give a big thank you to Jordan Chan. Jordan, if you're listening, and I know you are, you have inspired me greatly to continue creating. And I'm really proud of the man that you are going to become and the man that you already are. And thank you for shaping me into a better individual and wanting to do better every day. I love you so much. I'm going to miss you. I'm getting emo- <laughs> I'm getting emotional right now because I have to say goodbye because Jordan's leaving. Um, anyway, life is all about finding the people that you love again and again. And just it's like a big, big pool of circles. I'm really thankful to have met all these people. So, yeah. Thank you, Jordan. All my best to you. Bye, everyone. Have a great weekend. Bye, bitch.